0: Welcome back, guys, to another episode of the Cinematch podcast, the podcast where we take different movies every week and find different ways to debate slash rate them. My name is Cal Altimus, and I am one of your hosts, and joining me as he does every week, looking dapper in his little star hat, I think it's a star on it, yeah, is Mr. Nathan Sacklehanna. First of all, is that a, a brand of, what brand is that? Bad Boys? Bad Boys.
1: Cowboys oh oh in Dallas Cowboys the
0: Dallas Cowboys no I should actually recognize that logo because I wrote an article this week on the most valuable sports franchise in the world and Dallas Cowboys are literally number one <laughs> they're worth more than any sports team in the world and I wrote about that
1: so I should have recognized wait Cowboys has all the time and you've asked me about it multiple times asking I didn't know you were a Cowboys fan dad maybe but you know my memory's shot to bits uh second of all how are you not too bad. I've see. I've noticed a clothing thing. You're wearing Blink One Eight Two t shirt. I'm wearing the Darkness t shirt. I and mean, we we didn't plan these things. It just happened.
0: No, no. I, I mean, I got out of the shower like half an hour before recording. Literally, just pulled this out for no reason. But that's quite a coincidence. I didn't even notice you were wearing um, a band t shirt. Not
1: too bad this week. Uh, you sent me a message earlier saying you've got some thoughts to to say on Crazy Stupid Love. Um, I can't wait to uh, argue.
0: Yeah, well, you've said it there, so it might as well reveal. We are doing When Harry Met Sally versus Crazy Stupid Love. It's the final episode of the Valentine's Month. We really squeezed every fucking last bit out of the entire month. With milk with tea. Yeah, and we got an extra week out of it because of the leave years, so we really fucking made the most of it. Uh, and we're ending with what a lot of people say is probably the most iconic rom-com of all time uh, in When Harry Met Sally... Uh, the 1989 movie directed by Rob Reiner, um, but we're putting it up against a movie that I knew very little about. But it's your favourite rom com, one of the only ones you actually liked before we did this whole thing. You said, I think
1: I I, I think it's probably considered one of the more modern classic rom coms.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's it's strange that I didn't really know too much about it, but that is Crazy Stupid Love. Um, two of the best like you said, two, two huge fan favorites. So it felt nice to put them against each other at the end. Um, One that I'd never seen in Crazy Stupid Love and one that you'd never seen in When Harry Met Sally. I'd only seen When Harry Met Sally once before. So it's not like I was really that familiar with it anyway. And you obviously said Crazy Stupid Love is one of your favorites. Have you watched it a lot, a lot then?
1: Uh, Somebody recommended it to me a couple of years ago, during lockdown, I think it was, or just after lockdown. And since then, I've watched it probably four or five times, yeah. Big fan. Never seen When Harry Met Sally outside of that one scene that obviously everybody knows. Yeah, the iconic scene. Which... Instagram followers, I do apologize. I had somebody tell me that they were at work when they opened the video. (laughs) (laughs) I was watching
0: it the other day and Elder had just gone to bed. Like she just left and I was watching I paused it because she came from home from work. And I paused it just before. And then when she left I pressed play and it was that scene. I was like, I hope she don't think I'm just cracking out porn the minute she's walked out (laughs) of the room.
1: Imagine being a my house. I was literally sat there editing it, but I didn't have the sound down. So every time I played it again to make sure that it was edited right, just fucking on repeat the entire... I've got new neighbours. What do they think? I mean, I know the worst thing is, they could
0: be thought, that guy just really likes that one bit in that porn video. She keeps rewinding it to that one bit. <laughs> uh, but yeah, there is that very, very iconic scene. Um, but both movies obviously held in very high regard, so It makes sense to do them now. We've saved the best till last. that sense um we might as well just get straight into it then i've only seen one before you've only seen one before so this will be interesting we'll go straight in with the stories then um when harry met sally stories obviously it's a bit more straightforward by the numbers like typical rom-com but that's it it feels hard saying that because it's the one that really started that sort of trend it's the the boy meets girl they spend half of the movie as friends before realising that they want more from each other. They briefly have more, and then it fucks up, and then they eventually realise their mistakes at the end and end up together. Um, whereas the crazy, stupid love story is very different. In every it's, way. Yeah, it's... I mean, it kind of follows two couples, which is why the male and female lead in the couples category is going to be interesting, because I, I wasn't quite sure going in how we were supposed to... Like, which characters we were supposed to use. But um, it obviously follows... Steve Carell's character Cal, fucking big up my boy Cal, love that. Um, who, whose wife asks, tells him she wants a divorce and tells him she's been cheating on him with Kevin Bacon, which fair play. Um, and then it's just, the movie is essentially about how Ryan, uh, he meets this womanizer played by Ryan Gosling who takes him under his wing and transforms in, into someone who's confident around women, is um, able to woo any woman he wants, which is very different to the man that was married at the beginning of the film. Um, and the story is kind of just like how he deals with that being single and all that sort of stuff, but also with the fact that he just he can't get over his wife and she can't get over him, which is strange considering her actions throughout most of the fucking film. But we'll get on that. Um, but it's also paired with Ryan Gosling's character and his love story with a woman he meets at the bar fairly early in the movie, but nothing really comes of it till quite a bit later. Like it's, you have that one scene between him and Emma Stone and it takes a while before we get back to those guys. Um, But they also have a nice little romance and there's the big reveal that she's Cal's daughter, which is great. It is great. Um, And then it's the, the last like 20 minutes is how Cal deals with that revelation. after Having seen... Jacob be this womanizer who now knows he's with his daughter. Um before everyone comes together nicely at the end and we have the nice happy reunion as we always do in these sorts of movies. Um I went 10-9 in favor of crazy stupid love.
1: Yes. I yeah. like I think I like
0: the elaborate nature of it. I think I mean it's hard, like I said, it's hard to say now because. You do watch When Harry Met Sally in 2024 Eyes. Like, you do look at it as if I've seen this sort of thing before. Like, it is important that we we can't ignore the fact that it created a lot of that sort of trouble. Like, it was the first of its kind, which makes it the original, but it's hard to remember that when you're watching and it feels like it's retreading old water, whereas Crazy Stupid Love, I like, like, how... Complex the story is and all the twists and turns because I knew the first the uh, the the main twist with Emma Stone's character but I really liked the one when Marissa Tomei was the teacher I, kind of, I thought that was great I didn't see that one coming that was that was really fun um and I think adding those twists really helped um and just I think having Carl's character go through such a grand change before realizing at the end um how he he preferred being like the sort of soppy romantic that he was, I just think it was it was it was different, and it's not like anything you really see in these sorts of movies. So it gets it gets bonus points for originality. <laughs> what we'll when Harry Met Sally not get bonus points for originality
1: if it's not the It original. should have done,
0: but I didn't think of that when I was writing them down. <laughs> <laughs> I only remember that it was the first of its fucking kind once I'd done my scores.
1: <laughs> uh, I really like Harry Met Sally's story, actually. I actually liked it a lot more than I thought I would, because obviously the past couple Meg Ryan films, I really, really disliked her. Uh, I told you, though, not to step on female characters, but this is the best Meg Ryan. I'm happy to say, yeah, I agree. Her story is great. Um, but I liked, you know, the the fact that they kept kind of, they came together and then they kind of went apart and then they got together and then they kind of went apart and then they became... Like the the whole friendship turn into relationship kind of thing, um, but even then it's like up to the last minute um, where it finally went over. And I do like the um, where it cuts away to the older couples. And the first, well, the I mean, then I, when I saw the first one, I was like, "Oh, the film's going to end on Harry and Sally," uh, and I'm right. But that's only because we're able to predict it now. But I've really liked having all those stories interspersed between all of the like time jumps and scenes in the movies but yeah crazy stupid love uh 10 to crazy stupid love 10 9 uh, sorry uh because there's so much stuff that happens in that film um and it just keeps you it keeps you hooked it keeps you guessing it keeps you like entertained consistently whereas i think with harry i know it's a bit of an older film so it's hard to judge it that but there's a, a lot of retreading water a fit, like quite a lot of the times when you can tell they kind of like each other but they're going to remain friends and blah 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 whereas Crazy Stupid Love doesn't give you that chance to get bored it just constantly flips it on its head like when he finally tries being the ladies man and it doesn't work so we we'll be honest but that works but that comes to bite him in the arse with the Mar- Marissa Tomei character and you know trying to win his wife back and that bites him in the arse as soon as he sees Jacob and the, the best scene in the film plays out it's it's just keeps you like just on your toes constantly. It's really, really good. Like the stuff with the babysitter, the stuff with the son. Who, what a fucking guy! Um, the stuff, just all the stuff with uh, Jacob and Hannah, um, Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone's characters are, are, are brilliant. It's see that that side of the story seems more traditional, whereas Cal's side of the story seems more like a modern romance movie but then you kind of bring them together to bring a, a new twist on it all. And I just think it's really expertly done. I love this movie and I don't want to be too biased because I really liked when Harry met Sally. But yeah, I think in terms of story, I don't think it gets much better. I'm not going to give points on originality because obviously when Harry met Sally is the first one.
0: Yeah, I also think modern movies, the humor just works more effectively for me. Like, I just, like, I know, obviously, when Harry Size Sally is great, and it is funny, but I just don't think the humour lands quite the same as, like, the sort of stuff that they pull off in these more recent movies. Like, there's, there's moments throughout um, Crazy Stupid Love where I was laughing out loud, and you don't really get that too often with the older uh, rom-coms. I think just humour evolved, and it we obviously are more in tune with what we see now, and it just works more. Um, interesting fact, though, the, the couple, the old couples in... When harry met sally were all real yeah i imagine they were that's quite cool that i think yeah. um and i do like the twist that the, the touch and having the couples doing that sort of stuff i did i do think that is a, a nice touch for it
1: i think with when harry met sally in terms of the humor you've got um meg ryan i think playing a character and then you've got billy crystal they hired him to be billy crystal like i'm i'm, I'm sure it's very early billy crystal when he's up and coming comedian, which is probably why they just let him be. It's like when you see Robin Williams in a movie, you can tell which directors say, just be Robin Williams for me, and which directors don't. And I think that's what we... we, uh, This is probably the most Billy Crystal film I've seen with Billy Crystal in it.
0: Yeah, he's just straight up Billy Crystal throughout, which we'll talk about soon. But um, we'll move on then to the openings of the movies. Finally, I can say these aren't your traditional rom com openings. Thank fuck. Well, I can like repeat this, myself. This week, we finally got there. I been repeat myself over and over and over. This week is different. This ain't about telling you who the characters are. This is about fucking kicking off with your bang. And they're both very original openings. I really like the When Home at Sally opening, which um, it, it literally opens with the two main characters meeting for the first time and embarking on this very long road trip. Where they get to know each other, they have these pretty wild conversations um, about like his theory that men and women can't be friends unless there's something else involved, and then also talking about her ex and how he is in the sack. Um, it's just it's a, it's a really interesting way to open it, and then you pair that with Crazy Stupid Love, which literally opens on a divorce. Like it's the complete. Opposite of what you expect to see from one of these movies, like sat at the table in the restaurant and Cal and his wife, um, who is called Emily. I just had to look it up because I completely forgot. Um, and they're sat having a, a food, like debating what to have for food. And she tells him she wants a divorce. And then it spirals into he's in the car, just like silent and numb until when she keeps going on him and he just throws himself out. Um,
1: Very friendly to take place in a car.
0: Yeah, uh, that's true. Yeah. Um, but they're very, very different kinds of uh, situations. Oh, so, man. on that note,
1: how did you score it? Really difficult to score this one. But I actually went 10-9 in favour when Harry met Sally. Oh, well, I don't see that coming. No, uh, me neither, if I'm being perfectly honest. I I really like Crazy Stupid. I like the bits, like the opening with all the, like the feet and then how it just kind of cuts to those can, guys i mean you can tell by the feet already like it's going to be a, a safe couple a couple that's just comfortable with each other and all the stuff in the car when he jumps out of the car um is brilliant and immediately it kind of like sets the tone of who these characters are. and you say it doesn't really give much about the character but it does and it you can kind of see what's happened and the kind of person that Carl's become um whether that's where you are in your life right now, I don't know. No chance. Uh, I've got a couple of years from there. I don't know, mate. You walk around everywhere in your jogger shorts and you just prefer comfortability over hey, uh, These are proper joggers today. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why I'm judging. I've got the shorts on today. Well, so you're the hypocrite. It's you this time. Me, hypocrite. I wouldn't do any of it. Um, But I, I really like when Harry met. It's, like, it's simple. It's so like old school and simple that i just i just loved it um the just the constant kissing foot was really really funny and um him getting in the car and just driving and talking setting up like his points of views on stuff and then like we said full billy crystal and it just goes on and on like and it's just it's nothing big it's nothing fancy it's nothing explosive it's just really straightforward and i found it really funny and you get like a really good insight to both characters just by them talking in a car, and I really, really enjoyed it. Um, him spitting uh, the grapes out the window, but not having rolled the window down, fucking made me laugh. Her, obviously, there's all these little light like, hints that they they don't work. That you'll eventually know that they will. Um, but it just, re- I don't know. I can't really explain it. it. Just really, really worked for me uh, in a way that shocked me because I was expecting to go ten 9s for crazy, stupid love all the way through.
0: <laughs> yeah, I really like the opening to when home at Sally as well. Like. I think it is nice to just open immediately with them meeting. Like we're not beating around the bush, we're getting straight into it. Whereas some of these movies, sometimes it takes like 25 minutes before the, the romantic interests meet. So it was nice to see them get that out of the way early. And the the, the way the relationship evolves just in that car journey alone is really is really funny. I like because Harry's obviously a very opinionated character, so I like that we 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 are quickly introduced to some of his crazy opinions almost immediately. Um, I like the stuff in the restaurant where Meg Ryan's character is very picky on her food and she's like giving that a really elaborate order and the waitress looks like she'd punch her in the fucking face. Like I love all that stuff. I just love that the way those characters bounce off each other so well and it's immediately set up that you kind of know they are going to end up together, but it's nice to see like at the beginning she's she's not interested. She's got that loyalty to that girl who we quickly come to find out she loses touch of immediately.
1: Yeah.
0: But uh, and it, it's, it sets up that Meg Ryan's got morals in this movie, which we've come to see in a couple of rom-coms. She's not quite about it. This the is once. different.
1: the once. Sally Albright's different. It's nice yeah. to see. Um, I also like when a film just makes good on its title in the first 30 seconds. Yeah. Sally. There it is. It happened straight That's away. That's when it happened, yeah.
0: And I also like that he, he it opened with him in a different relationship. Mm. Like, the way it plays out, it's, it's really smart but I went 10-9 in favour of Crazy Stupid Love <laughs> because I, I think opening on a divorce is such a ballsy move for a rom like, you don't see that very often and you're right the stuff with like the feet under the table and, like everyone flirting then it shows them like flat footed and you immediately know these guys are fucking miserable like they're either miserable like she is or really comfortable like he is and just, I mean, I saw it coming when they said, "Oh, we'll say on three Or we one, one, two, three. Like I saw that coming, but it's still a really good moment when she says that in the middle of the fucking restaurant. Everyone, can hear, That's the most brutal shit ever. Um, and then just the car scene when he threw himself out. Fucking killed me. I thought it was so funny. You keep so, talking,
1: when you throw yourself out the car.
0: Yeah, she just keeps going. Oh. Like, I just think it's not something you used to you used to seeing in these sorts of movies. So again, I like that it was something different, and it's. It immediately like tells you that your expectations aren't really gonna matter. Like it's gonna be completely different to what you what you think you're gonna see. And I didn't know that was coming. Like I, I already told you the big twist towards the end that's I knew it was coming, but opening on the divorce actually genuinely shocked me. So that was quite interesting. So I went 10 down in favor of that. Um we'll move on then to the best ending. These are important in movies, and why is that? there you like an ending that's got
1: a conclusion don't you a good ending always concludes is my new motto when if we ever do t-shirts a good ending has a conclusion yeah is one that, we, is one that we're doing yeah that and what other what, what's the other thing you say let's move on then yeah let's move on then Those me too um yeah we'll talk about the endings then
0: it's obviously rom-coms so there. are they have to follow a certain sort of rules. And when Harry met Sally is your very, very typical rom-com ending. Harry realises that he loves this girl, Sally, and he races to be with her on New Year's Eve. At first, she kind of shoots him down. She's not interested because it's already hurt her, but then he gives that big romantic speech about Witch. why he loves her and all the things he loves.
1: As I was watching it, I was like, I love scrubs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. That's, that's why I knew it. <laughs> Yeah, that's exactly why I know. I was like, "Turk, you motherfucker, you." <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it is a very traditional rom come ending. But it it was the what it that is why it's the traditional wrong-come ending because that movie did it so well. Um, Crazy stupid love's ending is quite traditional as well in the sense that Cal gives a big emotional speech about how he loves his wife, kind of ex, but wife, and he talks about their first meeting when they were teenagers and how she's his soulmate and the love they have for each other and how he lied to his dad because he said he'd be going on many days with different women and it's always just been her and talking about how he took her for ice cream and stuff before they have their very emotional union as well. Um, There's obviously a little bit more to it with the son giving the speech at graduation, the babysitter doing some really questionable things, which we'll fucking get on in a minute, Jesus Christ. Um, But also he's reconciliation with his daughter and ryan Gostin's character jacob so i'm gonna be honest i went 10 9 in favor of when harry met sally because that fucking speech is iconic like there's no getting around it it is and it sets up so many different movies and tv shows it just ripped it off like later on like we watched and discussed um 10 Things I Hate About You recently. That's kind of the same sort of thing. I was watching the episode of Friends when Ross writes the... Do you watch Friends?
1: Not anymore, but I did.
0: Yeah. So the the, the episode when Ross writes the list about whether we should be with Julie or Rachel and when Rachel finds out he's outside on the balcony reading the reason the list of reasons why he, he loves you and stuff. It's the same sort of thing. And I said that to Eleanor because I just watched this film before. Like, It's been ripped off so many times and there's a reason for that. It's just so iconic. Well, I really like the ending to Crazy Stupid Love, apart from the most predatory act I've ever fucking seen in the babysitter at 17 giving a 13-year-old fucking nudes. like, what the fucking hell were we
1: thinking there? are both under 18. It's fine.
0: Yo, yeah, well, I don't know if that's how it works. Um, okay. And I like the stuff when he makes amends with Jacob and they shake hands but then he slaps him and he's like, oh. I've got a gun and he, he says it's going to be fun um, and he's emotional reunion with his with his wife it's all good, but when Harry met Sally I mean, it's a rom-com like, that moment is so iconic and it's the reason rom-coms are the way they are, so it's hard to ignore that <laughs>
1: That was it matter Sorry. Yeah,
0: That's how it works, I don't know if you realise this yet but that's oh. how it works
1: No What's this, episode 33? No, I've not realised. Is this... Oh, no, this is our... Is this episode 33? Maybe. This would be our 30th episode together.
0: No, that's not true. Yeah. No, because I only did two before. Yeah, so our 30th... So uh, you, 30 you, when yeah, you're actually right. working
1: out... So we missed it last week. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well. Um, my t-shirt would just have Nathan says something stupid. Immediately. Yeah. Uh, I... Agree, I love the ending to Crazy Stupid Love, but you, I uh, went Harry I like you say, like you describe most things is iconic, and um, yeah, it's been is it not phenomenal? Up. No, that is phenomenal, yeah. Oh, so, like, you describe most things as well, then I don't, I've not done that in a long while, I've been very self conscious about that. <laughs> um, I, yeah, it's, it's, I don't think it can be beat, and it's one of those cheesy endings that works uh it's one of those that should with these kind of we've talked about it in all like in the stuff we've done this month in that it ha, sometimes it happens too quick but this is 12 years in the making like for those characters and it's still kind of like it's a big nice happy loving moment but as she's saying as they're kissing she's saying how much she hates him and it's kind of like it's a lot more real um for the cheesiness of it all, uh, whereas Crazy Super Love, for for once, I think I would have actually preferred over the credits or something like a look at the future, like what does that look like? Do, like, do they remain friends? Do they like? Do they do they continue to have this contentious relationship? Like, like Jacob and um, um, uh, Jacob and Cal? Do they continue to have this like contentious relationship? Does it does it like do they end up together? Like I do I do want to know. Do more. they end like, up together? What Jacob and Cal? Fucking, can you imagine?
0: <laughs> that would be a great sequel. That should have been the ending. They just realised meant for each other instead. Fuck it, let's go. <laughs>
1: um, but yeah, as as much as Crazy, Super Love twists and turns with its main story, I think its ending is very safe in what it in what it is. Um, though I do like the bit at the end when Marissa Tomei sat in the audience doing giving it all that. Uh, yeah, I do. Love that. Um, uh, and I, I do think it's weird with the babysitter, I agreed, agree I think it's weird every time I think it. and I think it's weird that the entire class and staff and parents cheer and clap when he declares his love to a 17 year old girl um, but yeah I don't think you can get over how iconic When Harry Met Sally is I don't oh. think there's any ending to any rom-com that can't be attributed to When Harry Met Sally
0: Yeah, exactly. And also, because it's New Year's, Old Lang plays as well, which just reminds me of It's a Wonderful Life Now. I'm the most emotional scene in that movie. So every time I hear it, I'm like, oh, fuck. It's like PTSD. I'm like, oh, shit. Not that. (laughs) Like, I fucking love it. Um, But yeah, the stuff with the babysitter, it's too jarring. Yeah. You'd, You'd expect something like that in the early 2000s, but this movie was in the 2010s. Like, it just feels really weird choice to have someone do that at that age. Like, Weird. 13 years old. That's noncy stuff,
1: that. I don't know. She was 17 and going for Cal.
0: Yeah, and he was right to not be interested because, again, fucking creepy. <laughs> that girl just needs to sort of prioritize that. She wants them too old or too young. It's bizarre. Go for your age. She just wants to keep it in the family. Yeah, yeah I know. It's weird. Um, we'll uh, talk about the male leads now, then. Two very, very great comedic actors. We've got Billy Crystal as Harry Burns in When Harry Met Sally, and we've got Steve Carell as Cal Weaver in Crazy Stupid Love. Two very different characters. Um, Billy Crystal's Harry is a very is very opinionated and he stands by his beliefs. He's prone to outbursts of anger, as we see that quite a few rants in the room, which are great. He's also scared of letting himself get too close to a woman after his divorce. Um, whereas Steve Carell, his character goes for a lot of changes in Crazy Stupid Love. He obviously starts off this like mopey, miserable married man who undergoes a huge transformation with Jacob's guidance and becomes this womanizer who ends up sleeping. I think he says nine women. (laughs) I I don't know how long the time frame is, but he sleeps with nine women, which everyone's really shocked at. Um, And then Cannon comes full circle and at the end he's like trying to win his wife back and he gives the big emotional speech. Um, How did you score that?
1: I, oh, it's going to hurt my soul. It's going to hurt my soul. I went 10, can I do it? I don't know if I can do it. 10-9 in favour of Harry Burns. That's crazy, I didn't expect that. Um, I loved how much it drives the point home that he's this kind of person that somebody very specific has to love. Like, he is a very specific type of person. He's a ranter. He's funny, obviously. He's a ranter. He knows exactly what he wants. Um, He's, you know, a good friend. Obviously, he's a good partner as well. But he's, yeah, he's very unflinching in who he is and what he wants i just think he plays it really really well like you can see the vulnerability and you can see the like like when they first sleep together the instant regret of ruining what he had and all that kind of stuff i love cal not you i love cal especially me And i like all the changes he goes through but a lot of the times i just see steve carell um and while I did say that when Harry Sally is the most Billy Crystal out of all the Billy Crystals, and sometimes when I was looking at my phone or had my eyes closed, I did see Mike Wazowski whilst, yeah. <laughs> which they had a, they missed a trick by the way, in monsters. I was thinking this when I was watching it, and Harry, I'm going on a tangent. Um, they should have hired Meg Ryan to play Mike Wazowski's girlfriend, <laughs> the one with the snake hair. That would have been brilliant. Just yeah. as a, special, you know, would have been brilliant, but whatever. Um, She'd moved on to Tom Hanks by then. Yeah, she had, yeah. Um, yeah, I, lo- I love Cal, but it just seems very Steve Carell, very typical Steve Carell role. Um, now if the if we were talking main lead was Jacob, I know who who would be winning. But um, yeah, I just think the growth from Harry, but not really changing who he is at the same time. I really, really enjoyed. Plus, fucking hilarious. That bit when in the museum and he just and he's doing that voice. Like any anybody else, he'd find it fucking annoying. But Millie Crystal makes it work, and you can see you can see why you'd be such good friends with him and why you could fall for him. Um, whereas Cal, obviously, just a sad sack turned womanizer because Ryan Gosling helped him. Like if he was in a bar and Ryan Gosling and Steve Carell were there. I know what normal person would pick. I'm fr- I'm prefacing that normal person because we we know some not normal people. Very um, true. But I think, yeah, I just think it's very, very close. But I do prefer Harry.
0: See, I, hate, I, hate I think Steve Carell in that film is actually quite great. And I actually think this is the first time I've thought <laughs> he, he doesn't look
1: like him. In my mouth.
0: I'm not saying he's not great. You just said he's like a sad sack. Or you would. You he's a sad him. sack. He literally
1: is a sad sack. He jumps out of a car. That's how sad sack he is. At the
0: beginning, but he goes through some changes. By I the
1: think, end of the film, he's hot.
0: I think he. I think he's. I think he's great in it. I think um, the stuff when he first looks up with his wife and he's like drunk ranting at the bar, and that's hilarious. Like when he's talking about um, to the woman and she, she's just not paying attention, and that stuff's really funny. Um, I love the interactions with jacob at the, like early on in the like friendship and when he's like quite taken aback by this guy's confidence um i love the stuff we marissa to me when he tries to put on the axe and it's not working so then he immediately admits that he's not like that and he just talks to a genuine and wins her over that way um i love all that sort of stuff i really love when he's with her and she loves his honesty and he says he's kind of scared she's got aids and thought of those fucking hilarious um and I love that he's just, he keeps, he's keep like fighting for his wife. Like any normal person would have given up on a woman that had asked for a divorce and also started sleeping with someone she worked with. Like at that point it's like, all right, well this is done then. like But he keeps like, like the romantic gestures like when he first sets up the mini golf in the back garden it immediately goes to shit. That's the sort of moment that usually ends a movie. um It's like the big romantic gesture at the end, but it's not here, but it's still a really good moment. And like the interactions with his son, I think, it paints him as this like decent dad who cares. Obviously his messages are quite misconstrued because he's not quite sure who his son is in love with. Um, and I just think it's a really good character who obviously goes through growth throughout the movie. And some of it's not for the best, like when he's lying about how he knows Mr. Tomei's character to his wife in the office. And he says she's an alcoholic, which <laughs> is questionable, but really funny. Um, I just think he's really interesting. And obviously, Billy Crystal as Harry's great. But like like you said, it is just Billy Crystal. And also, I think he's really funny and stuff, but he's so far not in Meg Ryan's league. Like, I don't
1: understand how... I mean, that, admittedly, that hairline gets worse as uh, as he gets older. But outside of that... I love as well that like, Billy Crystal is just appearing at
0: 40 years old at the beginning of that film. We're supposed to believe he's just out of college. What the fuck? Like, he's clearly in his middle age.
1: You've got sidebirds.
0: Yeah, and he's about 40 years. Old. He looks older there than he does it at the end of the movie. It's absolutely absurd. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I'm the same. Every time he speaks, I just hear Mike Wazowski. And like, we watched it, and then we actually watched Monsters Inc. the other day, me and Eleanor, like afterwards, and it was like it's that's the only cards I can associate with. It's crazy. Like we watched obviously that um Howl's Moving Castle. And he's in that and it's, it's the same here and it. it's like oh there's Mike was asked. like that character's going to follow me forever but he's great but I think I preferred Steve Carell which is a surprise to me as well because I, I really do like Harry but I went 10 down in favour of Cal and also he's got my fucking name, what do you want me to do? Yeah, it's
1: not definitely. often you
0: get characters with the name Cal in these sorts of things the only other, other one I can think of is Cal Testis who is oh. alright, sure and then Cal from Titanic who's a prick
1: yeah, that seems about right. They're the only ones. There's not enough for as good Cal's about, so... <laughs> I'm really for it. There's, well, his name, his name in How's Moving Castle is... Um, Calcifer. Calcifer,
0: yeah. That's close enough. If he shortened it, then he might have got a point in this, just for what he did in that movie, but he didn't. So that's on Billy Crystal, if anything. Fucking Billy Crystal. So yeah, I went 10 down in favour of Steve Carell and Cal. Um... Let's talk about the female leads then. Meg Ryan in a good role as Sally Albright. I'm going to say again.
1: my, my score will be, I don't know who you meant by a female lead in this movie. So in Crazy Stupid Love. So you're going Julianne Moore or Emma yeah,
0: I Yeah, I think it's Julianne Moore, yeah. Well, that's what I mean, because I went it's in awesome. thinking cool. it was like a double rom-com, but I thought, Emma Stone's really not got that many scenes, has she?
1: If I think we'll, we'll get on to yeah, Julianne Moore's fine, we can do that.
0: Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you've got Meg Ryan as Sally Albright in When Harry Met Sally, the writer who's really particular about her food. She's this bubbly person who's not afraid to speak up for herself. And then you've got Julianne Moore in Crazy Stupid Love, who's this middle aged wife, clearly unhappy, who wants a divorce. But the, a large part of the movie is just about her regretting that decision. And then the relationships with her children and how she interacts with them, while also figuring out things with her husband and Kevin Bacon. Um, I'll be honest, fucking hated her. Is this what is these your opinions you've got to tell me? This is what well it was this this and the fucking dodgy babysitter motherfucker. But this I thought she was awful. Like she just treated like shit throughout the entire thing. Yeah. I feel like every time we've done one of these episodes, I've been really against one member of a couple and at least one
1: of them. Who is the woman, that? What's that
0: about? You are? Who
1: is the woman, though? What's that's that
0: not true. Richard Gere last week caught beef off me. No, that's true. That is very true. Fucking Richard Gere. Um, <laughs> and this time, it's Emily, it's Emily because she treats him like shit. The divorce thing is fine. If you don't if you want a divorce, you want a divorce. But to say it in public with everyone can hear, it's just embarrassing, isn't it? Don't do that. That's tight. Yeah, so, don't do that. Telling him you were, you were sleeping with someone else. I mean, at least you've told him now. I get that. But then kind of wanting him back and saying you miss him, but then also going on dates with this other motherfucker and then having him show up with your coat when your husband's trying to give this big romantic gesture and then also making out that your husband's in the wrong for how he's acted after you've been married, like the fact he's slept with other people. Um, and the way she reacts to the teacher, it's just like... you. You have no say in this now. You're left in, you left know, him. You can't judge him on how he, who he is. Like it just, I think it was awful. Whereas Meg Ryan, I mean, it's nice to get a good Meg Ryan character after she wasn't great in the other two movies we've done. But she's great in this. I think Sally's one of the most likable female leads in any rom com I've ever watched. She's she's so good. Even like the stuff which would be annoying in most characters, like the over and all the specific details into her food, like she wants certain things on the side and stuff. That could be so annoying but it's somehow not with her and there's a vulnerability to her which it just makes her so much more appealing like the stuff when she finds out her ex is getting married um or having kids i think it's getting married um and she's really emotional and harry comes around and we see her like all messed up because she's been crying and her hair's a mess and she just doesn't look like the glamorous woman she's been portrayed throughout like it's just those those moments which just make her so much more enduring. Like um when she says she's gonna be 40 and he asks when and she says someday. And he's like it's like eight years away. Like I just think it's fucking great. And then having the balls to do the scene with the fake orgasm just to prove Harry wrong is fantastic. Like fair play to you, like shove it straight up his ass, like that motherfucker fought his ladies, man. She was like, let me tell you something, pal. I just think it's great. Um and she, I just like the ones, like we've seen her in these other movies and she she's supposed Terrible. to be a similar sort of character but she's obviously humor, like morals are all over the place in those whereas this, she just seems like a really decent human being and I love the ending when she says she hates him but she clearly loves him and I, I just think she's awesome and Meg Ryan's hot as hell in this movie, like hot as hell, let's go Meg, let's fucking go, so yeah, 10, 9 <laughs>
1: Yeah, it was nice to finally get a Meg Ryan that I liked. So for that reason alone, ten nine to Meg Ryan, because everything you said, like for very similar reasons why I think Harry's the better male lead, is that again she's a specific person, a very specific person that a, a very specific other person can can love, and um, you can tell when they go on the date with uh, Jess and Marie that. Um, like she's not she's not for everybody and she's so perfectly obviously suited to harry that the film tries to tell you like, like the film tries to tell you that she's got all these quirks and stuff that you you're not supposed to like but it does just like you say makes her more endearing makes her more lovable the bit obviously in the cafe is very very iconic but it's it's not that that does it for me it's the when she finishes she just starts eating and just like dead casually, like as if she's just like, as if she's just one-upped him by saying something rather than having a giant fake orgasm is brilliant. And watching this finally made me understand why people thought, yeah, we'll cast her as, like we want her in our rom-coms. We want her to be this big star. Cause from watching those other two, I would have thought, why would you ever want her in your movies? this really, really sold it. Emily, I agree. Just the absolute fucking worst. Uh, the when she gets when she gets up in arms about the teacher and finding out she slept with nine people, I it it was a bit like heart. It was a bit like heartbreaking to see that he'd said the perfect combination of um, sexy, oh, and Q. sexy and Q, um, which is obviously something he always used to say to her. You can see the pain in her face. I really like little moments with her. But overall, like, yeah, she kind of brought this. And I suppose the story of her is how she let, not let him be comfortable, but there's always two sides to that story. Nobody just becomes comfortable on their own. Like people kind of have to grow that into that position. And I think her story is just one of realising that when she sees that he's getting it, like getting his mojo back. But she only kind of really wants him back once he's got his mojo back. She should have loved him the entire way through. So fuck her. So- yeah,
0: I mean, you're right. There are good moments with her. Like, I think the one when Steve Carell's character's outside and she rings him and she's lying that she's uh, down yeah. in the basement and needs help with something just because she wants to talk to him. I think that's a really nice moment. Yeah. Um, and it's really well acted. Like the like the emotions they both been, I think it's so well done. And the stuff with like the kids. I think the interactions with them. It's really good. And you can see she's a good parent. Um, it's just the way she treats. Cal's a bit fucking ruthless. Mm. Like really fucking ruthless. Like because it's immediate. She leaves him, and then it's immediately mixed message from there. Like even when he comes around, like with a moving van to get his stuff, and she's like, "Oh, I think I might be going for like a midlife crisis." It's like she's already like kind of hinting that this isn't a normal thing. Um and the stuff in the office when she's like, You look so great and stuff. And then she finds out he's moved on and doing his bit and she's fuming. And then she's going on dates with fucking Kevin Bacon. And then yeah. that 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 would have been better if that was played like it was like a she wasn't really that into him, but she was kind of trying to force it. But she seemed genuinely into him and then kissed him at the door and then immediately pretended it wasn't nothing to the babysitter. So not only was she a bit shit to Cal, but she was also a bit shit to Kevin Bacon. And that's Kevin Baker. You're all pissed out with Kevin Baker, and that's my fucking guy. So yeah, disappointing. Disappointing from
1: her. Um we'll talk about the best couple then out of the two. Right, okay, so have- are you talking Cal and Emily or Jacob and Hannah? Because in my head, I think the traditional love story in this movie is Jacob and Hannah.
0: Well, I think the thing is. The rom-com story is Cal and Emily. They're the ones that go through all the trial and tribulation. They're the ones that have the big emotional speech at the end that leads to the reunion. Jacob and Hannah, they meet like early on, but then don't interact for about 40 minutes in the movie. And then they have that really great scene at his house. And then from there, they're just a couple. Like It doesn't really feel like a traditional rom-com tale where there's the trials and tribulations and the big emotional reunion, where I think a lot more time is spent on Cal and Emily. Do you disagree?
1: I don't feel like I'm allowed
0: to. No, I just, you pulled a face. No, I no, like, no, 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 I agree, I
1: agree, I agree. I mean, you
0: can use them if you want. No, no,
1: fuck you, I'll do, I'll do what you <laughs> want to do. You like to remind me every now and again, this is, you created this podcast. So <laughs> do we, I, fuck? We, do we I we'll go. what, we we'll what Cal says. I have never once said that in my fucking life. <laughs> we were, last week we were recording, halfway halfway free speaking, you text me saying, don't you fucking talk about that, this is my podcast, don't you forget. What did,
0: don't talk about what? If I said it, you can remember it like that, can't you?
1: Uh, it was when I was talking about it. It's when I was bad mouth Yeah,
0: bullshit. Look, you fucking changing already. You ain't fucking <laughs> having anyone with that. Stumbling over. Not having it. I would never. Also, I don't have your number. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, if you want to do Jacob and... No, no. Like yeah, we'll do Carl Cal and Emily. I mean, you're first. Um,
1: oh, sorry. so I said... <laughs> so, um... Obviously we've I've, got I'll just put a post on Instagram after this episode's end saying that all your opinions are wrong. <laughs> and I'll I'll sign it you. <laughs>
0: yeah, there. yeah. Unfortunately I can edit those, so ah, shit. um yeah, in Harry when Harry met Sally, we've got Harry and Sally, funnily enough. Um yeah.
1: You know what? I always make notes of like the character names, just in case I forget, because I've got a terrible memory. And I literally wrote, what? <laughs> I wrote Billy Crystal. I wrote, what was his name in the film? I did the same with Crazy Stupid
0: Love about Cal. And when I looked at him, I was like, oh, shit, yeah, it's literally my name. I How not I forget that? Um, but yeah, you've, so you've got Harry and Sally, the, the friends who spent about six years not getting on, and then about six years getting on um like their lives they've they, they've interacted numerous times over the years and they eventually become friends hit it off and they get really close and then they realize they're in love and it's a very traditional sort of love story and then we've got carl and emily the marriage that's on the rocks she cheats and asks for a divorce and then realizes she's made a mistake he does his own thing and then realizes that he still wants her back and does this great this grand gesture which I mean, it it hints at a reconciliation at the end. Like, it doesn't really give too much away when you you say they'll keep fighting for her. Um, Very different couples. One's, like, early 30s, just about to start a love story. One's been through the fucking wars already. How did you score it?
1: 10-9 in favour of Harry and Sally. Because I think... Emily lets the side down in crazy, stupid love. I think everything Cal goes through is warranted. I think it's a bit normal. I think anybody in that situation would do exactly what he did. Um, I think after that amount of time, you'd want to go out and swim in the waters a little bit, and then the regret would come back, and then you'd want to win him back with your newfound confidence. But I think everything with Emily, like you said, like she enjoys David Lindhagen, and she um she has no right to be i mean i get it you you would be upset and of course you would in roles mm-hmm. reverse you would not the cow probably would have been upset but you 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 got to, like there's no right and when everything kind of kicks off she puts all the blame on him when he kicks off at jacob and oh i mean all cal had to say was look this is the kind of person he is this is he's the one that made it this way she probably would have been on side but like she kind of puts all the blame on him and while I think they probably do end up together in the end, um, after the end of the movie, I do, it's probably going to be, I don't know, it just doesn't feel like it's, I feel like the ending would make more sense if they said, if it ended with them not being together. If the end of the film was like, look, divorce has happened, people can stay close after that. It'd be one of those kind of stories rather than winning them back. And then Jacob and Emily being the... Uh, Jacob and Hannah being the love story of the movie. Uh, whereas Harry, Harry and Sally, you can tell, as soon as they become friends, you can tell like, they're perfect for each other. They're perfect for each other as friends. They're just missing, because of their own morals and because of their own opinions, they're missing that the romantic part. And it isn't, obviously, until the end, until they realise that they're the romantic part is probably the thing that was would complete it rather than the thing that should hold them back and all the bits where we were fucking great like again the bit in the cafe the bit in the museum um the um when they're doing the games night and they're both asking about the other person's like date that they brought I, every time you see them interact you believe that they should be like the christmas, getting the christmas tree and decorating and rolling out the, just everything just makes them work and you never once, and obviously that's the intent of the film, you never once believe that they're just friends. But when it finally happens in the end, I I think the only downside is obviously Billy Crystal's reaction to them having sex because it's a bit of a heartbreaker because you knew it was going to, you, you were hoping it weren't going to come and Obviously it does. Um, but like I say, with these, the reason I don't like rom-coms is because it always feels rushed. It's always after a week. It's always after a couple of days. It's always like in, pretty woman it was 5 days um you know it's always very very rushed whereas this it felt like they'd spent years and years and years building up to that point and getting closer and closer for them to realize at the end it makes perfect sense and they're both massively likable obviously they're both my favorite male and female leads so it makes 100% sense for them the, the best couple as well
0: yeah, I went ten down in favour of when Harry met Sally as well. Um, the thing oh, is, you are. Because fuck Emily. Yeah. Also the thing is like like going through certain issues and like those sort of trials and tribulations are pretty much essential to most rom coms. But when you go through them to the degree that Kyle and Emily do, it's like, would you guys even work then? Like, is she not just gonna get bored and leave you again in the future? Like, is he, now that he's been playing this field and doing all this crazy shit, is he going to get, bo- like, miss that? Um, where's Kevin Bacon come into the fucking equation? Who knows? Like, it's all just fucking all over the place. And, like, Harry and Sally, the way they build it up over years, and I like that it starts off where they don't get on. She thinks he's a bit obnoxious and he thinks she's really uptight. And then we they meet a second time and it's it's pretty much the same, like, they don't quite get on and it takes a third time years later where they're both newly single to really click and discover that they've, they've got this bond and the way it's played over so, such a long time, like you said, it feels earned at the end. Um I love, I do love that. I mean, it's, you're not supposed to, and obviously it is sad, but I love the fact that when they first meet together, he, he is like he is because it stays true to the character. Like it makes sense for him. Yeah. Um, I think it's it's really smart and, and I love that she doesn't forgive him for that until the very end. Like she's even saying at the end, like before he gives the big romantic speech, she's like, you're messing me about, like you've hurt me. Like I love that she stays true to herself in that sense. And then he gives the big emotional speech and we get that really nice moment. Whereas I just don't like, and then you get the bit of the, the, the couples bit right at the end that we've been seeing all these older couples throughout the movie. And we get those guys at the end talking about their wedding Um. And how great it was. So we know they get married. And I just think I've got more faith that that is a relationship that works in comparison to Cal and Emily. Despite the fact they've got three kids and been married for God knows how long. Just not feeling it. She she did too much damage. And then he fucking slept with the teacher and it caused some chaos, which was hilarious. Um, Also, this is really random, but I love when they the garden, like, doing the big reveal. And how on your nose it is when she's like, oh, I've got to wait for your daughter to be here. And she's like, she's here. She's like no, your other daughter, like, you just forgot he had another daughter. Like, that just was such a weird choice. I like, choice.
1: It, I like uh, a completely not part of the couple's bit. We should probably save it for the next uh, bit. But I like how they constantly call her Nana. And you think, you're obviously thinking, like, one of their mothers. Yeah. The film. Even though you've met a character and spoke to the character, well, not spoke to the character had other characters say Hannah's name multiple times and you still don't think that Nana is Hannah. Honestly <laughs> just a bugging love it. Yeah that was quite clever.
0: I wish I had gone into this not knowing that twist but I'd seen something about that online before. That would have been a really fun reveal
1: but I I'd seen something about that. Um we will no, yeah. say and then I'll wait, I'll wait, I'll wait. For what uh, just something I was going to say, but I'll wait till the supporting cast, which is... Well,
0: we might as well go there now then. We both went 10-9 in favour when Harry met Sally, Harry and Sally. So we'll talk about the supporting cast then. These are very different because when Harry met Sally's really only got three proper supporting roles. Um, yeah, because well, there's another friend who we see a few times like at the yeah. wedding and when she first goes for dinner with Marie. Um, yeah, yeah but it's obviously a much more minor role. Um, You've obviously, you've got the great, late Carrie Fisher as Marie, Sally's best friend. You've got Bruno Kirby as Jesse, Harry's best friend. And you've got Lisa Rampersky as Alice, another one of Sally's friends. You've obviously got the love interest throughout, like the girl at the beginning whose name I can't even remember. Uh, You've got Joe. Funny, because nobody else could remember either. (laughs) You've got Joe, the man that um, Sally spent years with who I'm pretty sure is like related to an ex-president
1: no idea
0: I'm pretty sure he was, I actually saw it I'm going to really look it up now like an idiot, but I'm pretty sure he's related to like an actual ex-president I think he's um, really, I think his name's like something Ford, yeah his name's Stephen Ford, so he is the son of Gerald Ford, the former US president Um, but he's only got like the one scene Um, Harry's ex-wife and her partner have got, like, one scene. Ira, fucking great name for that. He looked like a right prick and all. Um, But there's really only three supporting cast members in that, and only two of them get anything to do, and that's Carrie Fisher and Bruno Kirby, whereas Crazy Stupid Love's obviously got a much, much larger cast. You've got Ryan Gostin as Jacob. You've got Emma Stone as Hannah. You've got... um, uh, Kevin Bacon as David Lindhagen you've got John Carroll Lynch as Bernie the the babysitter's dad you've got Leo Tipson as Jessica the babysitter you've got uh, Joey King randomly as the youngest daughter which was just random as I, it took me until the vet, that, that scene in the garden when he was doing the nice fries that's when I clicked that that was Joey King I did really see her face in the beginning the first part of the movie yeah, that was the, that was the first time I noticed. I don't know if that's the first time you see it, but there's the scene when he does the crazy golf for um, Emily, that's the first time I realised it was her. Um, you've got Jonah Bobo as Robbie, the son, um, and you've got, really randomly, Crystal Reed, who was in Team Wolf and Gotham, plays one of the girls that Jacob's hitting on early in the film when he's first taking Cal under his wing, and she's really creeped out by Cal. Um, when he's talking to her, when Jake goes to the bar to get drinks, and he's chatting to her, and she's just really like, what the fuck is this guy? But she has a really small part, but it's a nice cameo. It's essentially like um, two really good supporting cast roles in when I and Sally versus a a large group, with some not so great, but some very good ones as well. I went 10-9 in favour of Crazy Stupid Love. It's hard, because I think... Carrie Fisher's Marie is probably one of the best, like, fre- best friends in a love in like a rom com ever. Like, because yeah. every most yeah. rom coms the the female leads got a girl best friend, and they're
1: very memorable. But I think Carrie Fisher is like the the, the pinnacle of that. Every time it was like he just bought her a one hundred and twenty dollar uh, dressing gown. I don't think he's gonna leave her. Nobody <laughs> thinks he's gonna leave her. Like the way she's obsessed with this married man and like. Yeah. Uh, Like obviously, and the bit where the the, she gets the Rolodex out and she starts getting all the contacts, and says he's married, and she like casually folds it over as if to remind herself later (laughs) that he's he's not off the table just because he's married. I also
0: love when Sally mentioned that her and George split up, and Marie's first comment is, "Oh, so Joel's available." (laughs) Like Carrie Fisher is great in that role. Like Marie's awesome. I think Bruno Kaby as Jesse is also really good. I love them two together. Like, I love the double date where they realize they're more into each other and they run off. He's, um, he did Godfather Part Two and Donny Brasco, stuff like that. He was, he's really great. I like, I like him and,
1: um, most things I've seen him in, but he's great as Jesse. Like, I love, obviously, Carrie Fisher's in screen three, but is there anything else memorable that she's in?
0: Uh the horror movie sorority role. That's the one. That's she plays the, one. the uh she plays the den mother who gets murdered like halfway through the movie. Spoilers oh, but... oh
1: yeah, she plays um a bit uh the nun in Jane Silent Bob Strike Back as well. Yeah,
0: that's it. I don't think she done it. I don't
1: know why she didn't do anything else. You'd think she'd be a bigger story yeah, out with Harry and Sally, but whatever.
0: Yeah. Um on a serious note though, obviously she did Star Wars, but why didn't she really do much she else? She did Star Wars. <laughs> Obviously a fake fan if you don't know that, pal. Wanna get on my knowledge level of Star Wars, let me tell you.
1: <laughs> Why didn't she do more? I think she became, she came more with a bit of a screen like, like she touched up a lot of scripts. I know that. I think maybe the fame of Star Wars probably got to I mean, obviously she she had a drug habit and mm. you know, she had a lot of problems with like in her personal life with her like husband coming out as gay and all that kind of stuff. So I think um I don't know really. I thought you'd think she'd be out of all of them. Harrison Ford is the one that made it big. You'd think she'd be bigger, but then you don't know how much of that is attributed to how females were treated in those days.
0: Yeah. But they're like the only two really worth shouting about in that. Whereas pretty much everyone in Crazy Stupid Love has much larger roles. Like Ryan Gosling's fantastic, as Jacob. Like that's some of his like the most charisma he's had on screen. Like, that's when he's at his Whoa. best, when he gets to be charismatic.
1: Okay, well, let's not have any nice guys slander in this podcast. Thank you very much.
0: Oh, fuck that film. Go don't even. No, I don't mind that. I don't mind nice guys. I've even started introducing it to people. This is my second
1: favourite um, Ryan Gosling role next to nice guys. Only but, behind nice guys.
0: Yeah, I like it. Um, I also like nice guys. I just, uh, one
1: up I think, I think, I think Drive might be my favorite Ryan Gosling performance. I've only ever watched it once and I was smashed. <laughs> so I don't really remember it. It was just like broody and silent with a fucking toothpick in his mouth for some reason. Yeah, it was good watching. though. I'm like, you know.
0: Oh, Ken, Ken is a good one. Ken was a good one. Um, but yeah, enough about Ryan Gosling's filmography. Yeah, he's great. Emma Stone's fucking awesome. Those two together just always make magic. Like the yeah. the the connection exactly. and the chemistry is it's. I mean, it's easy to see, and you can you know you know why they've worked together on multiple occasions. Um, Marissa Tomei has a very fun role as the teacher. That woman,
1: is just so fine. Which she is one hundred percent. Not going to disagree there. I love her role in this, but Grace has ruined it for me because uh, she was like she essentially plays she's like I don't like her in this movie I'm like why she was like she essentially plays Leslie Mann's character in um, four year old virgin and yes she does <laughs> she yeah does. pretty much
0: but Leslie Mann also very attractive so
1: there we go
0: it works but yeah she's great um, Marissa Tomei is great um, in this she's so funny, like like you said, the stuff with the finger when he's giving the speech is fantastic. Just the interactions when he first realizes she's a teacher is awesome. Um
1: the babysitter is creepy as fuck. But she's funny still, like outside of that moment, she is still funny. Like when she's like, I don't want your slutty money. Fucking
0: yeah. yeah, she is she is funny, like the way she like pines over and no one really knows. And the way she like, like she says to Emily, when she first comes home, those kids wait up for the dad. I think that's a great scene. Yeah. Um, essentially just saying, oh, she's a fucking idiot when she calls a batshit. shit. Like it's it is good. She's just a bit creepy at the end. Um, but we'll overlook that. Yeah. Um, the son, not a big fan of. No, he's a bit of a whiner. He's a fucking creepy bastard. She said no, fucking take no for an answer, man. Keeps going on and on and on. Fuck off. The teenager. Yeah, but she said no like five times. Take a hint. I was too proud as a teenager. If a girl ever said no, I just never would. I would simply never speak to her again. I was too embarrassed She would never hear from me again. I won't keep trying like that.
1: Fuck yeah, that. Be proud to embarrassed on under ten seconds.
0: <laughs> a bit of both. I'd I'd have too much pride in myself to keep trying because I was embarrassed the first time. I don't know how it works, but it does. It
1: does. Um. One person you haven't mentioned who I fucking love is Liz Emma's friend. Oh, yeah, but uh, she's also a bit of a dickhead, isn't she? I lo- no, I love it When she's like, um, I need to be studying. And she's like, you need you to be studying the ceiling tiles of that guy's <laughs> apartment. <laughs> yeah, but, like, could you imagine, like, you were seeing a
0: woman and her friend was just constantly telling her to fuck you off and, like, cheat? Like, I'm like, Jesus Christ. Like, I know the guy ends up being a douche you anyway. A an you are?
1: You are a bit of an arsehole, though.
0: Yeah, but she didn't know that. She just thought it was boring.
1: It's but, like Joe, you constantly tell me I can do better than Grace. That's you're essentially Liz in this. Every time we talk, I, you, you say that I can do better than Grace. I don't think anyone on Earth believes that for a second. I um,
0: Grace hired me all those years ago. I'll always think she's too good for you. She that was
1: her uh, one common sense. She hired me she was like, yesterday, she was like, I've been listening to your podcast. Yes, I do have beef with Cal. <laughs> well, and I've just said a nice thing about it then and I'll take it back. You can do better. You'll probably find
0: beef with you. Yeah. That's both of them beefing me now then. It's fucking just, hell. It's just the family. Public enemy number one, fucking sick. Um, but yeah, I went 10-9 in favour of Crazy Stupid Love just because there's more cards and they've got more to do. Like, I think... Jesse and Marie together is great. I love their story. I love the scene in the bed when they've got the dual phone conversations at the same time. I love all that. But there's just the two of them. So in terms of the entire supporting cast, it's not not really a
1: competition, I don't think. Which is hard because Carrie Fisher is fucking amazing in that movie. Uh, But I think everybody, whether they're annoying or what, or questionable in Crazy Supergirl. Love, Everybody has something to do, and everybody shines in what they are supposed to be doing. And yeah, I love them all. The um, the babysitter's dad, fucking brilliant. When he when he takes the, uh, the thing, he said, like, "My wife says I can't be friends with you anymore," <laughs> and takes the clone. And then he bumps into it later and he's like, uh, "Thanks for the clone." Like, I just think, I just really good character. Who he's one of those actors that just pops up in loads of stuff. Yeah,
0: I thought that you just recognise him, but you don't really know who he is.
1: Yeah, yeah. He always kind of he always um, for me is the guy from the founder uh, the the film about McDonald's. Oh, I've not um, seen that. He's in Zodiac as well, I think.
0: Yeah, I think yeah, I think he's the one that he thinks the killer, right, and yeah. the one that Jake Gyllenhaal shits himself when he's downstairs
1: with him. Obviously, David Lindhagen, brilliant. The scene in the um, Big Kev, we love him. The the scene in the office with uh, Robbie where Robbie heightens up his chair um and he obviously like so you um you're the reason my mom and dad got divorced and he's just fucking his face just switches on the fucking dime brilliant but my absolute favorite like what well, this is the the bit i was saving for this when um emma stone calls him daddy and ryan Gosling goes please don't call him that like it's such a small fucking bit and i love it but and we've not talked about that scene enough so i don't know if we will do but When when he says, I'm David Lindhagen and everybody looks at him and Ryan Gosling takes off the ring because you know exactly what's going to happen. It's fucking brilliant. Yeah, the cast of Crazy Stupid Love is just, it's the perfect ensemble of not too famous, obviously, at the time. Nobody's massively famous. Um, Nobody's outshining each other. Everybody's just stepping up everybody else's performance. Absolutely love it. Yeah, I agree. Um, They're all brilliant.
0: I think that stuff with the... The scene when they find out is, it is very, very, very funny. Like when they're all like scrapping on the ground, all the men and the women are like, for Christ's sake, like I thought that was great. And the stuff about David Lindhagen is, it would have been very easy to make him a dick, but they don't. I think he's quite likeable. Like the scene at dinner when he's making jokes and he says, oh, I'd love to take you to Bali and Spring. What, you go to Bali? I said, no, I'll drop you off and then pick you up. Like, it's really, it is like funny stuff. And you can see why he would be like the sort of character that, could get it like woo a woman like that. And I mean it's Kevin Bacon as well, which never hurts. Um yeah, it's it's a great supporting cast. That was that, I mean that is hard. I knew I knew you'd
1: find it hard because of Carrie Fisher, but yeah, I thought that one was difficult. Um in anything she's in where she's bad in it and she was the standout in this one as well.
0: Yeah. I think the the only reason it's a shame is because it is just those two like you know, like the perfor- i think her performance in that is up there. Like, like I said, it's one of the best rom-com friends ever. Like, she's—it's hard to put anyone in Crazy Stupid Love supporting cast up against her. But like I said, it's just her and Bruno. Okay, with it's just not enough. So we'll talk about the music now. Then the soundtrack. This again is quite hard, but only because there's not really too much memorable about either soundtrack, in my opinion. Hey, you see my
1: message. Well, after we started recording, then.
0: Yeah. Like last week's was fucking sick. Like we had some right bobs. Yeah. In uh Notting Hill and Pretty Woman. Whereas this week I don't really think there's too much like in either film. Like obviously Crazy Stupid Love opens up with John Legend. We get that scene with the, the song from uh, Dirty Dancing playing. Um The Time of My Life. I think it's called or yeah. in brackets I've had or something at the beginning of it. Yeah. Um but other than that, there's not really too many memorable like like songs or needle drops throughout. No. But similarly, I don't think there's too many in when Harry Matt Sally either. It's a lot of Louis Armstrong, I noticed. Like, there's a lot of just different renditions of different songs with Louis Armstrong singing, and there's a lot of that Harry Connick Jr., which it
1: had to be you, you.
0: You can tell it's Nora Ephron who wrote this movie, who also did. Sleepless in Seattle, and you've got milk because she uses a lot of the same music. Like Harry Connick Jr. seems to be in all of her films, and um, we've also got like the Christmas periods where there's like the Christmas song, you've got all Zine at the end, you've got the song that Harry and Sally yeah. sing in the, the shop when he runs into his ex. The um, what's I can't remember what it's called
1: now, it's from Oklahoma, isn't it?
0: Yeah, I think it's like um, sorry with a fringe on top or something like that. Um, but yeah, neither movie is too memorable, so this is quite difficult. But how did
1: you score it? Uh, I neither were very memorable um, to me, which is why I texted. Should we, should we change the uh, category? But I don't look like you've seen that message. Did you uh, when? Since we started recording. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen that I've seen, I've seen you look at your phone every now and again I'm like, is he just going to change No, I again? was
0: on Wikipedia looking at like um, Joe, <laughs> Gerald Ford's son or then Never. I was looking at John Carroll Lynch to see what else I'd reckon, recognize him and the guy that played uh, Jessica's dad
1: No, no, it's cool um, I, yeah not overly memorable I don't think there's anything really in Crazy Stupid Love other than the I've Had the Time of My Life, which I'm not, you can't really give a point to because it's using Dirty Dancing and you you would put a point against it, whereas I would put Fucking a point. Fucking right, Dirty um, Dancing. But I, yeah, whereas When Harry Met Sally, I mean, it's got a few, it's got obviously Old Lanzyme, which is already iconic, but it uses it quite effectively. Um, but it has, it hasn't got many massive songs, but it's got the... Um, it had to be you, which is a great song. And um, let's call the whole thing off, like the You Say Potato, I Say potato. like That was na- great, that. Nice, nice songs all the way through. And the song's kind of like you say, like you say, you didn't say it at all, like I was about to say. It emphasizes the points of the movie. I'll uh, take credit for that. Yeah, that's what I said. Sure. But well, the one thing I did think whilst I was watching it was is this where piano in rom-coms came from? Is this where using pianos in 80s rom-coms came from? Because if it is, fuck this movie. <laughs> Outside of the piano thing, yeah, 10-9 to um, When Harry Met Sally, just for the pure fact that it has got a few more memorable songs in than Crazy Stupid Love.
0: Yeah, like there wasn't much really to write all about, about either of them, but I agree I went 10-9 in favour of When Harry Met Sally because also I think while the songs aren't particularly memorable there's a consistency to the soundtrack they're all the same sort of vibe like yeah. there's a lot of, like harry connick jr the louis armstrong songs throughout they all feel like the same sort of music and i think that's something that no reference stuck with going forward as well but it just all felt linked together um all lang syne i like would it said it's one for life that one would have done me because that that immediately takes back to that um but also i love the scene when they are singing um the song from Oklahoma and he runs into his ex-wife. Like, I think that's really great. I think Meg Ryan does a great job in that scene when she, she's trying to sing the lyrics, but she doesn't really know them and she keeps going even though her voice isn't great. Like, she's awesome in that scene. Um, and running into Ira fucking kills me. But
1: fucking drops. you are his face is fucking drops. Yeah.
0: But Meg Ryan keeps singing, and she looks at his face and thinks it's because she's a bad singer, like it's brilliant. And yeah, there's just not really too much going on in Crazy Stupid Love. Like with a move like that in the 2010s, you'd expect a couple of memorable needle drops, but there's not. Apart from
1: yeah. the dancing moment, I think, yeah, there's, there's that. There's Goldfraps' "Ooh La La," which, again, but not really. I think it was probably a big song at the time, but it's not one that's not one that's really stuck. I don't think.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So that was. I mean. Scraping the barrel with the fucking
1: music choices, so neither really blew me away. But you can't what all I, be pretty Woman. What I'd suggested, we can't obviously can't do it now. But what I'd suggested on text, I don't know if you've seen it now, is swapping out soundtrack from more like which is the best iconic moment because two have got pretty iconic moments in the orgasm scene and the reveal. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I didn't say it. I still haven't looked.
1: <laughs> I know you mentioned I still was, haven't. But I was talking, saying, yeah, we can do. That.
0: No, I still haven't looked. Um, no, it's fine.
1: You never look at me, bastard. No,
0: that that to be fair, there's a couple in when Harry Met Sally because you could make a cage for that final scene when he reads why um, the reason he loves her is iconic as well. Oh, that's um, awesome. But yeah, that could be something we do in future. Most yeah. iconic. which film had the best iconic moment? Especially if right. with classics like this.
1: You're
0: right now. Well, that's why I said in future you said the bastard. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know what?
1: I don't want to do this podcast anymore.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, you get in their face, so it's your idea. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll move on then to the, the best legacy, how the movies have held up, how they were regarded by critics, fans, how people still view them now, and um, just the overall impact they've had. I mean... This
1: is obviously... I feel yeah. like this. I agree.
0: there's no beating around the bush with this one I don't think, I went 10-9 in favour of when Harry Met Sally, I'm guessing yeah, you did too yeah, cool. it's, it's, it's like I said at the start it's regarded as probably the the most iconic and quintessential rom-com of all time it's what really kicked off the rom-com boom in the 90s and 2000s and it's influenced so many movies since then and it's still regarded so highly now so yeah I think this was fairly straightforward
1: yeah I think there's not a beat in that movie that isn't that hasn't been in, inspired in other movies. And like you said earlier, that ending is it sets the template for what a rom-con ending should be. Um, and a lot like a lot of stuff in it is like how people come together, go apart and um, find somebody and meet, but they're not right for them and then they are right for them and all, I think it's all just built up towards, I mean, the orgasm scene alone is probably. If that isn't the most iconic scene in all time, I don't know what is. Like, in terms well, of, of all time in any movie, if, in terms of rom-coms. I was gonna
0: say, I think maybe Luke, the Luke father scene in uh, Empire might be a bit more iconic. But imagine if
1: that happened in in Star Wars.
0: In what Darth Vader fate's no yeah, yeah, no. In,
1: in a new <laughs> open, uh, everyone meets Han and Chewie for the first time, and Chewie just starts doing it. <laughs> um. <laughs> But well, Not just that, but like the line afterwards of, I'll have what she's having, is... Yeah, which is, which is apparently, the woman that does that is
0: Rob Reiner, the director's mum. Oh, is it? So he got his mum to come in and do that line, which is yeah, hilarious. I thought, she,
1: I thought she looked familiar. Um yeah. it does look a bit like him. Um, but, yeah, I think that that's a line that's been repeated in mom coms as a wink and a nod to the camera, like, you know what we're talking about, kind of thing. Um... Yeah, it's as much as I love Crazy Stupid. I do think it is probably the modern classic of rom coms. I don't think it's even close to having a legacy like when Harry and Sally does.
0: No, which is a shame because, like I, like I said, I I hadn't really heard too much about it apart from the twist. I knew it was like well regarded, but it's not quite got anywhere close to the the impact or the, the like the adoration that When Harry Met Sally's had over the years.
1: Yeah.
0: Maybe, maybe it's something that'll grow, but it's also got a 17-year-old given a 13-year-old nude, so that might age poorly. Also, like, the director, like, Rob Viner obviously directed When Harry Met Sally, and the fact that this kind of launched, like, him into the next, like, few years, which was just incredible. Like Before this, he did Princess Bride, and fair enough, we don't all we don't we don't hit on every swing. You know? we don't uh,
1: have to, like every movie that everybody's ever done.
0: No. Um, some of them just have to be good, and that's not. But um, then he did like Misery, which was fucking awesome. He did uh, a Few Good Men, fucking awesome. Like the directors for Crazy Stupid Love, I couldn't even tell you the names without looking it up. Yeah, true. Like I. Probably, I think I looked it up earlier and I still couldn't tell you the name.
1: Okay, fair enough.
0: Because all I know is it was two of them. Oh really? Yeah, two people directed that. And should I have a quick look see what else they've done? Can you imagine? I'd...
1: Can you just imagine them on set one day? We're like, should we film this scene with the seventeen-year-old gives a thirteen-year-old a nude? Uh, maybe we shouldn't. Yeah, we'll do it anyway.
0: Yeah, it is weird. Um, so one of the guys now does TV. Great sign. A TV show called Rabbit Hole. Never heard of it. He's really? only directed two films since Crazy Stupid Love. Now he's Faultless and a film called Whiskey Tango Foxtrot. Uh, that's, um...
1: that's... Oh, that's that's who's in that? I think that's I know I know what it is. I, I can't remember who's in it though. I, no, mean, I remember Teen that... Fear. Yeah, I'm going to say I think it's a female-led military comedy.
0: Yeah, well, you clearly liked working with Morgavit because Focus was her and Will Smith. And before Crazy Stupid Love, he did I Love You, Philip Morris. Um, that's Glenn Ficara, who I've never heard of. Apology, Glenn. Sounds good. And similarly, oh, okay, these guys just do it all together then. I've just looked at the other guys' filmography and it's the exact same. Every film they've ever done, they've worked on together. Same with the TV show. So they've, every project they've done, it was always together. Um But, yeah, you do a film like this and you think you've probably settled for a decent career, but they haven't really become, like, the household names that, like, Rob Reiner did. So that probably plays a part in the legacy as well. Like, people remember him and the impact it had, whereas these guys are doing a TV show in of called Rabbit Hole. Um, So, yeah, 10-9, pretty straightforward. Last category, and that's a personal favourite, which you described last week as, like, the one where you can make like that final little pitch on why you like the movie so much. So I'll let you go first. I think I know your
1: answer, but I'll let you go first. I was really expecting to not like When Harry Met Sally because it's an older rom-com. It's like you said, that like Bernie. <clears throat> it's an old one, I don't like it. I know, I said an older rom-com. I don't like rom-coms. <laughs> so an older one where, let me finish me fucking, don't ever compare me to him. <laughs> I know, what an insult to Ethan, fucking hell. Fuck off. (laughs) Um, Like you said, like, every rom-com I've watched since have bits from this, so it just feels like we're treading water, but I actually really, really enjoyed it. Um, And I was able to kind of, in parts look at it and go, yeah, this is the original, so this is where it came from. Um, So it is... I, I, but no it is crazy stupid love it's the only one the only rom-com other than Dirty Dancing Dirty Dancing is the only classic one that I love but it's the only one come where I can probably I could have finished watching it and gone I'm gonna stay on again because I love I just love it I think it's like I say it twists, it turns it consistently keeps you engaged it consistently entertains even the questionable stuff still fucking funny Everything between Cal and Jacobs, brilliant. When they first go shopping, I use it as the clip for the Instagram, but when first go shopping, he opens his fucking wallet and it's a Velcro wallet. And he does that fucking, the very popular gif of Ryan Gosling, like looking disgusted. Um, and then going shopping, the bit where he comes out and he says, would you fuck him? And he's like, what the fuck? Like, you can't just say that like she goes, yeah, I would. And then he immediately changes and you can see that's where the change happens. You can, and he like, he obviously looks really happy with himself. And starts getting a bit of confidence back like it's all that all those little bits i just i just love so much when harry met sally is a fucking brilliant film. i rated it four on letterbox compared to my crazy stupid love five um but i would happily watch it again which is not something i've been able to say for a lot of these films you've made me made me watch um but i would happily watch when harry met sally again which is funny because all the ones we've watched so far are ones that Grace has happily rewatch, but well, she didn't want to watch this one, doesn't like this one.
0: She didn't like when I went sally. Yeah. Well, that's interesting.
1: She says fake orgasms scare her and she can only do real ones. So uh... <laughs> I'm sure she did, yeah. Sure, <laughs> I, I, re- I reckon might hit a bit close to home. <laughs> she doesn't want she doesn't want to she wants to be able to save face in front of me so she just doesn't go around it. Yeah. Yeah, now nah, she's like fuck the gigs up, he
0: knows that's what we do.
1: <laughs> yeah, I never do that until I watch this film. <laughs>
0: No, I went 10-9 in favour of When Harry Met Sally. Um, I think, like, I can see why it's the most, like, popular rom-com of all time. I can see why it was rated so highly. Like, the characters are so lovable throughout. The the addition of, like, the old, the old married couples interspersed throughout the story, the the, overla- the the time lapses throughout, and just that whole build-up for the relationship, I just think it's great. Um, I love both leads, which doesn't happen often in these rom cons that we've found out this month. Yeah. Um, there's a lot that we don't like both Um, so I love both leads I love the supporting cast it's just fucking awesome and don't get me wrong I did like Crazy Stupid Love I loved um, how it wasn't a conventional rom-com I loved the little twist but there was also some moments where I was like this is an onion. like the bit when they had the big fight and then he was like a villa like Cal left looking like a villain I was like no this that guy's not the villain he got attacked because of a misunderstanding he's unhappy his daughter's seen a womanizer and his wife's like new fucking date has just come around and somehow he's the bad guy. Like the moment I was like, that's fucking annoying. What?
1: Um, what, what a fucking scene.
0: Yeah, well, yeah. The, act, the the scrapping and stuff was really funny. But
1: like that bit when he—it's when he punches David in, uh when Jacob punches David and then fucking cow comes and grabs him and then fucking um, Bernie—is it Bernie? Yeah, Bernie fucking grabs him and then David Lindhagen is like in <laughs> Jacob's like, what, what are you guys doing?
0: <laughs> yeah, it is really funny. Um, especially when the police officer is like, Which one of his is Lynn Hagen? And somebody's like, Hagen. And they all correct Yeah, it is really funny. Um, and there were some moments where I like, genuinely laughed out loud. But there was also, like I said, just those ones where I thought, There were moments where I was like, This is a bit annoying. Like, I don't like that it's done this. Whereas I think when Harry Mitzahi threw out, I've got no fucking. Not a bad word to say. I think it was great. Um the ending's iconic, the opening's really effective, the orgasm scene fucking top-notch. Just brilliant. And I think you know, Sally
1: eyes when you watch that scene, mate.
0: you are close
1: you know, your eyes when you watch that scene, and I just rewinded it like 18 times, yeah. So I've got I've got that clip saved on my phone because of editing the video. <laughs> uh
0: but I also think um Sally Albright is one of the most lovable like leads in a rom-com ever as well. So that plays a part in it for me. So I went 10-9 in favour of that. Because I love it. And it's only second only the second time I've ever watched it. But I'd happily rewatch it again and
1: again. What about crazy stupid love?
0: Yeah, I think I'd, I'd rewatch that as well. That that's that is a really funny one. And I don't think Ellen has seen that one. So I'll probably show it Eleanor at some point. Um but yeah, that's something I'd definitely re- I'd revisit both. Um which I don't think I've said too often this over this month either. Like there's some that I don't think I'd bother re-watching. Like, I think I've done I've done my Sleepless in Seattle and you've got now. I'm not that arsed about revisiting them. Um, I don't think I'm in a rush to revisit Notting Hill or Pretty Woman.
1: I was just about to say, um, after you gave us the score, what has been the favourite out of all the movies we've watched this month? What has been your favourite?
0: Is in my actual favourite the one I think is the best because the best I think is when Harry met Sally but my actual favourite yeah, personal preference, yeah. Probably she's all that.
1: <laughs> Fair.
0: But that's one I liked so much as a teenager. I think that and 10 Things I Hate About You together but probably my favourite.
1: Fair. I think it'd be a toss-up between 4-Year-Old Virgin and Crazy Stupid Love for me. See, I forgot about the stolen ones. But probably Crazy Stupid Love taking, taking it by a by a millimetre.
0: I forgot we did the Stoner ones, yeah. Um, I think knocked up over 40-year-old version for me. I
1: think, I think uh, When Harry Met Salad's probably been my best surprise. Like, I didn't expect to like it, but I really did like it. Same with She's or that. But When Harry Met Salad, just a league above, I think.
0: Yeah, we started off quite poorly. Like, the first couple you really didn't like, did you? Like, the first, was it the first one, Sleepless, in Seattle and You've Got Me Were that the very first ones we did?
1: Yeah,
0: and they were not few. And then we did the stoner ones, which you enjoyed. But it's been up since then. We've done well.
1: We've done well. We did Pretty Woman last week.
0: Yeah, that was all right.
1: Richard gear? were No, well, he wasn't. No, but fucking Julia Roberts was. Julia Roberts. F- and the soundtrack oh, yeah, was all Richard time. Hugh Grant. I didn't. I didn't have a fun time last week. Hey, Hugh Grant was great in that film. Ali, not fucking anything else. Somebody told me uh, that they were actually sat fucking crying laughing at um, my rant at Hugh Grant, so <laughs> we'll take it.
0: Well, bastard, I love him. Um, but, yeah, that brings it to an end then.
1: Any predictions? love to say that I think Crazy Stupid Love is going to win, but I have been tallying up in my head and I'm pretty sure it's uh, slid the other way. <laughs> You're right, it adds.
0: It's 193 to 187 in favour of when Harry met Sally. And I've been making a tally as well. Do you know what's really interesting?
1: Well, yeah, you're keeping score, you fucking idiot.
0: No, I meant a different type of tally. <laughs> you only gave three categories to Crazy Street with Love. Bad, is it? It's crazy. It, like we said it before, it is crazy, like how the one that she favourite sometimes, the way the categories shape out. It's like it. It's, it's weird when you break it down like that. I was actually more, I gave more to it than you did.
1: Yeah, I think when you put it up against such strong contenders, though, it's it's hard to not realise who the better characters are and, like, the moments and, like, stuff like soundtrack and legacy he was never going to win on. Yeah. I mean, music, it could have, I mean, they were both pretty shite, to be fair. Like, we were clutching at straws, so. <laughs> that's not like us.
0: No, not at all. We're usually very uh, well-prepared in all that's, senses of the word. That's us. Um, but yeah, so the winner is When I Met Sally. 193 to 187, six points in it. Um, and that brings Valentine's month to an end. Frank, fuck. Five weeks of rom-coms and you've loved every minute of it. I'm not getting another rom-com until next February. <laughs> Do you know, I don't think I've watched this many rom-coms so close together since I was about 17 years old. I don't think I've watched this many with Eleanor. I, mean, I just don't watch them that often. And I've watched so many.
1: I think what was that? What was I re- I probably was just fucking re-watching Spider-Man 2 on repeat. What when you were 17? Oh, probably.
0: I don't even think I was watching many films. I was deep in the Dawson's Creek, one tree hill fucking vibe out. at the time. I was on my teen dramas back then. Fucking emotional stuff. Um
1: Yeah, well, I'm pretty sure Lost was out when I was 17. So I probably was starting my Lost dream.
0: Uh Lost came out when I was too young to stay up. I think. The pilot episode came out when I was eight. Oh, my God. Which my mum let me watch the because the pilot it, it was the it was aired in two parts that day, weren't it? Yeah. I did part one and then there was like an hour break and then part two and I was allowed to watch part one and my mum said I had to go to bed and miss part two. Because I was too young for it. And it was too late. I watched it eventually though and I fucking loved it. How
1: old would I have been when it came out I would have been well, yeah, that would have been 15 when Lost came out.
0: Fucking hell! I forget how fucking
1: old you are. Yes, mate. <laughs> it's hard, like, because I'm reminded weekly. <laughs> That's funny, as um, but yeah, when Harry <laughs> met Sally won. What a fucking ending! Yeah, Harry <laughs> met Sally won. It deserved it. It's a great movie. As much as I love Crazy Stupid Love, I knew it couldn't compete with well, before watching it, I thought, yeah, we've we've got a good competitive like I've got a good chance, but after watching it, do you know what we should do in future? You pick your least favorite film of all time and I pick my least favorite film of all time. And see how that'd be interesting. Yeah. I'd have to figure out what mine is. I know what mine is. Mine's gonna be something like fucking As long as I don't have to rewatch princess bride i ain't fucking bothered <laughs> no fuck that
0: i think that's beyond dislike yeah that's probably something like fucking do you ever watch holmes and watson oh uh, no please don't. that was straight up garbage that that was so fucking bad yeah,
1: fair, if you ever did that episode uh our friend dan would be happy because he'd finally get us to talk about malignant Ah, uh, is that your least favorite film of all time it's gotta be that
0: or rocky horror it's one or the other So, Malignant, I've never seen, um, but I've heard it's very mixed. But then Rocky Horror is supposed to be great, so that's probably just a you thing. Probably. That's an interesting idea, though. We should do that at some point. We should do it. We'll do it. Yeah. But this brings another episode to an end, then, guys. We hope you enjoyed watching slash listening. If you are watching on YouTube, feel free to like the video and subscribe to the channel. Whereas if you're listening on any of the podcast service, then feel free to subscribe and leave a nice review. Um, Next week is a special episode. It's a, a themed episode for a certain award ceremony that's coming up, which I imagine anyone who knows anything about movies will immediately know what that is, but we'll keep the actual details close to our chest for now. But yeah, we've got something special planned up for that. And then we're taking a break because... My life is stressful as fuck right now, and I've got a holiday for three weeks. Then I've got every uni assignment under the sun to do, including watching a lot of horror movies. So I've just not got time. Um, so yeah, we're gonna take a break after night. Do you think the Academy Awards, which I've just spoiled by revealing the award ceremony? You uh, yeah, the Oscars. It's it's a good jumping off point because the net, the few months after that, I'm gonna be swamped, and then we'll be back once. I've got more time, which probably made the end of May, June. So, uh, yeah, next week's the last episode for a while. Nathan's tearing up. I can see it.
1: As long as we do the one the one one thing that I want to do on that one day, then I'm happy. But outside of that, I'm happy for you to take a break because you fucking need it because so, you work, you work fucking loads. You do loads of uni, you do this and you still find time to go to the cinema. Um, yeah, you need a bit
0: of a, you need to, you need to focus, so. Yeah, it's uh, It's getting a lot, and like I said, for my dissertation, I'm doing it on, like, the way women are treated in horror, so it's going to be a lot of horror movies that I need to watch over the next few weeks, so it's going to take up so much time, and, like, this, obviously we do this for fun, but it, it takes up probably about six hours a week with watching the films and recording, so, yeah, I just don't think it's... I think I'll probably end up fucking withering away if I keep up with the the work rate I am now. So we'll take a break. And when we come back, I'll be revitalized. Is that right? Re-energized.
1: Re-energized. You'll look probably a little less tired on a week-to-week basis as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I might have a share as well. Because
1: this is getting out of hand. It is. It it is.
0: It is. Um, But yeah. So we'll see you guys next week for the last episode For a while. Is it a season? Are we calling it season one? I don't know.
1: Let's not do that. (laughs) Let's not do that. Even (laughs) then, it'll
0: make it easier than fucking when you're having to do Roman numerals for episode 87 or whatever the fuck it is. I like
1: it.
0: (laughs) All right. Well, you're the one that does it, so that's fine with me. I don't have to figure it out. Um, But yeah, our details are underneath. I believe they're still going to be there. Yeah, I
1: thought they
0: are On Letterboxd and X. Formerly known as Twitter, um, Not that
1: post on X
0: anymore. You are. Not that I post anything on X anymore. No, well, I've, I've been posting football you stuff about Rovers. Of I've had all Burnley fans. in my me mentions recently because I posted a video of one of our old players tackling like fouling him, and it went a bit wild, and everyone's kicking off. But that's fun. I like winding up Burnley. Uh, Bernie fans. Um, so yeah, guys, we'll uh, see you next week for a special Oscars themed episode. So until then,
1: peace out. I thought you said you were going to do the uh fake orgasm as an ending to this episode. Go on, Cal. Do you know, I've left this in and now you can fuck off.